Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the CAP, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to present this special episode on music and the college admissions process. My guest today is Michael Salzman. Michael Salzman recently retired from a 33-year career in public school music education where he taught all grades from pre-K through 12th grade. For 18 of those years, he was the coordinator of one of the finest music programs in the state of New York. In addition, he has taught for 29 years on the adjunct faculty at Hofstra University on Long Island, where he teaches tuba and euphonium, directs two ensembles, supervises student teachers, and teaches several courses in music education. Michael is a past president of NISMA, which is the New York State School Music Association, and is active as a professional musician, his primary instrument being the tuba, on which he has released a solo album, which received high praise and critical acclaim. Michael, it is an honor and pleasure to have you here today. How are you? John, I am so excited to be here. You know, we've been friends and colleagues for a long time, and I've been <laughs> called one of your biggest fans for the cap. And uh, so I'm so excited to uh, do this. You and I have been talking for a long time about doing this type of episode specific to musicians. So thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Let's go. I'm equally as excited, and it truly is an honor and a pleasure. Like you said, we have been dear friends for close to 30 years. So exactly. Let's do it. So, Michael, for the purpose of the audience, tell us about yourself. When did you realize that you had a passion for music? And what were the kinds of things you did to cultivate those interests growing up? John, I can tell you that I am a prime example of why we should teach music in schools. And the reason that I know that is because I really struggled in elementary school. My mother later had told me that she worried if I'd ever learned to write my name. Because I struggled, I really didn't like school. I didn't like going to school, and I certainly didn't have very much confidence. I started playing the tuba in the fifth grade, and I took to it pretty quickly. The early success that I had 
began to turn things around for me. The confidence I developed was such a positive influence on me, and the process of learning to play an instrument taught me that hard work really does pay off. (laughs) By the time I got to high school, I was a fairly good student with pretty good grades. I even got 100 on my algebra regents (laughs) and graduated with good enough grades to get into some very good colleges. So the answer to your question was that I realized that I had a passion for music at a very early age before leaving elementary school. And what did I do to cultivate that passion? Well, my parents, seeing the very positive effect that music was having on me, were extremely supportive. I took private lessons from a great teacher. And besides uh, playing in every musical group in school, I also played in a great youth orchestra outside of school. And that was a really powerful influence on me. (laughs) Well, your parents were wise to see the positive effect that music was having on you, which speaks to the importance of art and music education in our schools, as not everyone wants to be, for example, a doctor. But by the way, I know quite a few doctors who are good musicians. So, Michael, can you explain what are the different ways that music would be part of a student's college admissions process? Sure. And I've given this a lot of thought. There are several different reasons why music would be a part of a student's college admissions process and many different ways in which music could be a part of any particular student's college experience. So I break these down into four groups. The first group are the students who, like I was, are extremely passionate about music and want to major in music performance. These are the students who want to go all in and see if they can make a career out of being a full-time performing musician. The second group are the students who are equally as passionate about music and also see themselves as music educators. These students should be equally as excited about music and also about influencing and shaping the lives of young people. They were probably very influenced by a great music teacher at some point in their lives. Now, I want to say that some music education majors think of it as a fallback option, right? They say things like, I better get a teaching degree just in case the performing thing doesn't work out. Later on, I hope that we'll have a little time because I want to talk about why I don't believe that that's a very good idea. All right, the third group are students who love music, want it to be an important part of their college experience, but don't necessarily see themselves as a professional musician or a music teacher. These are the next generation of professionals in all fields of study who happen to love making music and are not ready to give up the great musical experiences they had in high school. And then the fourth group, There are many students who are very good musicians, don't want to particularly study music in college or even actively participate in their music program in their college, but they want to use their musical proficiency to supplement their college application. They want the college to see them as a well-rounded individual with broad interests. While their music experiences and expertise will say a lot about who they are, how disciplined and well-rounded they are, and even how hard they are willing to work, 
they're not necessarily looking to be involved in music in college. Well, Michael, thank you so much for the comprehensive overview. We really appreciate that. So obviously, the college admissions process is different for each of these groups. So, Michael, can you outline the differences for each while reviewing what students in each category should look for in a college and how they should prepare musically for their audition and the application itself? Yeah, absolutely. For the music performance major, the most important criteria should be who will be your private instructor. This is the one person that you will study with for the next four years and the person that will most directly shape the type of musician you will become. It is, in my opinion, very important to seek these people out early, starting in the junior year and taking a lesson from them. The student needs to be very sure that they want to study with this person for four years and that the chemistry between the teacher and the student is positive. The next most important criteria will be the type of performing experiences that will be available to the student. Find out how many and which ensembles there are at the school and most importantly, when will you be able to join them? Are they highly competitive and possibly only open to graduate students? Or does the music program have a policy that ensures that all students get a plethora of performing opportunities? I believe that many college programs are much too competitive. They have a policy whereby their students have to audition for the ensembles and the best players get the play. I believe that if a college is going to accept you and take your money, then they have an obligation to give you every opportunity to learn. To explain further, I'll use my instrument, the tuba, as an example. Right? Let's say there are eight tuba performance majors at a particular school, and there is one amazing freshman that comes in and is already the best player there. In some schools, the orchestra director will hold auditions every semester, and this student will get to play in the top orchestra every year for the next four years. That's not fair to the other students who are there to get an education in music. Conversely, other schools will allow the private teacher to place their students in the ensembles. That teacher can evaluate the experiences each of their students is having and make decisions based on what is best for everyone. They might say, student A played in the number one orchestra last semester, so let's give student B that opportunity this semester. When I was a student at Indiana University, my teacher placed all of his students in ensembles so that we all had a wide variety of great experiences. Now, I don't know if they still do it that way, but I remember feeling like it was a very fair way to ensure that all of us that were accepted got the quality education that we expected. Now, for music education majors, the private teacher is still a very important aspect of the search process, as this may be the only teacher that the student will study with throughout their four years in college. You have the same teacher for four years. That teacher will be very influential as they will meet one-on-one -on -one every week for the entire time the student is in college. Other factors are, one, 
How good is the music education program? Two, what percentage of their students are getting jobs right out of college? You can ask that question. You know, three, what percentage of their students graduate in four years? Many programs have so many requirements that a large number of students take four and a half to five years to complete the music education degree, so you should know that before you go in. Five, is the school located in the state where you ultimately will want to teach? This could be an important factor because these schools are the most knowledgeable about the certification requirements in that state. The student who studies music education in a different state than the one where they foresee themselves teaching just needs to be more proactive in learning about their home state's requirements for licensure. This should not be a deciding factor, but certainly one to be aware of. And finally, you should find out what will be the performing opportunities available to the music ed majors. Are the top groups only open to the performance majors or to upperclassmen? And for you future band directors, will you be able to play in a jazz band or jazz ensemble, or is that reserved only for the jazz performance majors? Because that's a really valuable experience for a future band director. Now, what about the student who does not want to major in music, but does want to continue to play their instrument or sing? and study music in some capacity while majoring in another subject. These students will probably find that the best match for them is a strong liberal arts college or university. You will have to find out if there are opportunities for non-majors to play or sing in the ensembles and if there are scholarship opportunities. Many schools, like Hofstra University, where I teach, will offer scholarships to non-majors with the condition that they perform in ensembles, which is what you want to do anyway, so it's a win-win. It takes some research to find a school that is strong in your anticipated major and also has a quality music program that is accessible to non-majors. So do your homework and find out, but they're out there. And the opportunities, not only to play in great ensembles, but to get some scholarship money to do so, are available. So you got to do your homework and find out. Now, for the musician who may not want to continue to study music, the question to ask is this. Does the school allow you to include supplemental information, such as a portfolio or recording, to support your application? Many admissions counselors will be happy to listen to or watch a brief recording of you playing or singing, as this will say a lot about who you are as a person. Colleges know that music students are well-disciplined and that they understand the value of hard work. Schools are also looking for well-rounded individuals who bring a wide variety of experiences and perspectives to their school. Showing them that you are a good musician, even if they don't have any kind of music program at all in their school, still shows them a lot about you. Now, there are other avenues for music students, such as music theory or music composition uh, or music history or the music business. And I don't want to completely leave them out of the conversation, 
but I want to mention them. But really, for those students, there are a whole other set of criteria, many of which will be very specific to the school they're interested in. So a lot of what I mentioned above will be very helpful to these students, uh, but you have to just ask the right questions to those schools to make sure it's the right place for you. Well, that was a great overview of the different groups of musicians. And thank you, Michael, for providing questions to consider within each of the musician categories you described. We really appreciate it. And can you explain the differences between attending a music conservatory and a university as a music major? Sure. Thanks for asking that, as it's a really important question. As I mentioned, I went to Indiana University as an undergrad. Indiana is a huge university. Everything you know about a Big Ten conference school, which also happens to have one of the finest music programs in the country. Now, for my graduate degree, I went to the Manus College of Music, a small conservatory in New York City that is now a part of the new school. In both cases, as I mentioned before, the primary reasoning behind my decisions to attend those schools were the private teachers, and I had great teachers that really pushed me to be the best musician I could be. By having those two diverse experiences, I learned a lot about the difference between them. A conservatory will give a student an intense and rigorous program in music. The program will be extremely focused and usually offer very few, if any, opportunities outside of music. There will probably be some generic humanities courses, but don't expect a lot of options. Even if they partner with another school, which is not uncommon, you shouldn't expect to be afforded a great deal of time to study subjects outside of music. Typically, a conservatory will have very well-known private teachers with prestigious careers as performers. They will also have outstanding ensembles. Conservatories tend to have very competitive programs. So the prospective student should be someone who can thrive in a competitive situation. Some students are very motivated by competition, but others are not. It's important to know yourself and to ask questions about the level of competition in a particular program. Now, the university music program will probably be a very different experience, as it certainly was for me. There are many great universities with outstanding music programs. They still have world-class performing artists on their faculty. Uh, and outstanding ensembles. The advantage of these schools, in my opinion, are that you can explore broad interests and interact with people with a wide variety of interests and, and areas of expertise. You will have the opportunity to take courses outside of music in subjects that interest you, and you will be surrounded by a community of researchers and learners of great diversity. For me, that was very important and proved to be a huge influence on shaping the adult that I would become. You should not think of the university program as a less intense music program. The great schools of music will push you to be the best musician you can be and give you great musical opportunities and experiences. Well, thank you for explaining the differences between the two. While speaking to the importance of knowing yourself, 
which is great advice regardless of intended major. So Michael, the audition is obviously a very important part of a musician's application process. How does the audition differ from each of the groups you mentioned, and what should they consider when preparing for their auditions? Thanks, John. I really love this question, and I will answer it. But first, I want to talk about what I believe is a serious flaw in the audition process at many schools, and one that is just now beginning to be addressed. I believe that the biggest problem with the audition process is its dependence on a strong knowledge of and ability to perform Western classical music. A few colleges are just beginning to acknowledge that their long-standing traditions exclude some outstanding young musicians who may be extremely proficient and passionate about music in contemporary styles such as hip-hop, rap, rock, and many types of cultural music. Typically, there have been very few opportunities for students whose cultural background has excluded classical music. Think about great young musicians who may be really well-versed and creative in the area of hip-hop or Indian music or heavy metal and may have tremendous amount to offer the future of those types of music. When those people become famous one day, the school will surely brag about (laughs) including them in their list of very impressive alumni But will they be able to talk about how they cultivated their talents and contributed to the students' rise to fame? Probably not. I hope that colleges will broaden their definitions of what makes a great musician with potential to contribute to either performance in any genre or to the future of music education. I think we'll see a lot of change in this area in the coming years. But As far as the audition process currently exists, okay, now I'll answer your question. (laughs) Let's talk first about the audition for the serious, probably classical, but perhaps jazz musician wanting to major in performance. These people have to be really well prepared. Most schools will have specific requirements for the audition and possibly specific pieces of music that they want the student to prepare. If you take a lesson from the school's teacher in advance of the audition, that is a great time to ask them, what do you think I should prepare for my audition? Students in this group should prepare the most impressive audition pieces they can. Those pieces should show off the students' strengths as well as the breadth of their expertise. Solos and often orchestral excerpts will be asked for at the audition as will scales and sight reading and possibly an ear training or theory test. I tell you, these students better have taken or studied music theory while they were in high school because there will certainly be a music theory test which will be either used as a placement test or perhaps even as a part of the admissions decision process. Now, for the music ed major. First, let's talk about the student who is in this group as a fallback. They need to know that a music education degree is a rigorous program and will most likely not afford the student the opportunity to reach their full potential as a performer. I believe that if you have your mindset on being a performer, that you have to go all in 
and give it your best shot. If your career doesn't go the way you want it to, you can always go back and get a master's degree in education or any other field of study. Now, for the audition, the music education major still needs to demonstrate that they are a very strong musician and will be able to provide the music program's ensembles with a first-rate performer. These students should probably prepare two or three solo pieces demonstrating a variety of musical styles. They will also have to be proficient in scales and sightreading. Now, for the non-music major, first of all, you should know that there are plenty of schools that will offer scholarships, so the audition is very important. You will need to prove to them that they need you. If you're successful, you may very possibly reap the benefits, which are that you will get money to play or sing in their ensembles. Preparing a strong and diverse audition is certainly to your advantage. The word of caution here is to do your homework and make sure that your intended major will not place requirements upon you that will be in direct conflict with the music program. For example, let's say the music department's band meets Thursday afternoons, and your major's department has required courses that meet every Tuesday and Thursday from 2 to 3.30. You may not be able to meet your commitment to the music department and could lose your opportunity to be involved with music, and you may lose your scholarship. Do some homework and ask important questions. I'm going to use my own son as an example. He was a radio broadcasting major with a strong interest in sports. He was also an excellent musician who played in the band in college. His school of communications had a wonderful partnership with an NHL hockey team and a minor league baseball team, and he got to work on broadcasts for those games, which unfortunately, often conflicted with band rehearsals, and he ultimately had to drop the band because of his passion for broadcasting. In addition to the availability of scholarships, finding out about these types of conflicts are important questions to ask. Now, finally, for the student who wants to and can submit supplemental materials for their application, make a recording that best represents you and your musical abilities. If it's a video recording, do it right. Dress for a performance. Find the right room. Use high-quality recording equipment if you can. And make the final presentation impressive. Adding titles to your video is an easy thing to do and makes it look even more professional. Do not make a recording in your bedroom, especially if the bed's not made and the room is a mess. And I say that because I've seen those. So make it look good. <laughs> well, that's great advice and insight. Michael, this has been a phenomenal conversation, but unfortunately, it leads us to our last question. So what are your top three pieces of advice you would give a student musician and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? Okay. So number one. If you're really serious about majoring in music performance, seek out the private teachers at the schools that interest you. Go to them for a lesson. Some may do this complimentary. Some may charge you. It's money really well spent. And never assume that the lesson is free. 
at the end of the lesson, say, how much do I owe you for your time? I knew a teacher once who told me that if a student asked that question, there was no charge. But if they assumed that it was free, then there was a big (laughs) charge to the student who did not seem to value the instructor's time. All right, number two, work really hard when preparing your audition. It is the single most important factor that the college will use to determine your acceptance into their music program. And three, don't use music education as a fallback in case the performing thing just doesn't work out. The music ed degree is a difficult one that will take time away from your practicing and the music education field needs people who are equally passionate about music and teaching, not people who have settled for one thing or the other because one thing didn't work out. (laughs) Well, Michael, you are clearly very passionate about music and teaching. It has been an honor and a pleasure to have you here today. I'm so happy because I know that this conversation is going to help so many student musicians and their parents as they navigate through the college admissions process. Mike, you were awesome. Thank you so much for your time and expertise today. John, thanks so much for having me. I love having this conversation, and I really do hope that it's very helpful to a lot of students. Well, thank you so much, and I know it's going to be. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.